0: talking today about the power of one and i get to talk about the power of one word and i made the statement already but the word of god is living and powerful and it works no matter where you are it's the same word of god it's the same presence of god We were in a church in Thailand, and they were worshiping the Lord in their language, and our team kind of picked up the melody a little bit, and we figured out what the song was, so we began to sing in English. And then Pastor Carolyn and Madeline, who were seated next to me, they had sung that in Swedish in their church in Sweden, so they started to sing the same song in Swedish. And then we found out later there was another tribe in the room that was singing it in their dialect. So we had like four languages going all at the same time, worshiping the same God and it was the coolest experience ever (laughs) to be able to praise the Lord in all the languages. And you know what? They didn't have the lights. They didn't have the sound system. They didn't have, all, which is all awesome, honestly, because they're great tools for us to spread the gospel. But they didn't have all the things that we had, but the presence of God was just palpable and it was tangible, and they encountered God. They came up hungry for the presence of God to be prayed for. They were hungry to encounter God. And you know what else was interesting that I realized? That the enemy doesn't have any different tricks or tactics for people on the other side of the globe that he has for us here. The same scenarios, the same traps, the same lies the enemy feeds us are the same lies he feeds people on the other side of the co- of the world. Which means that he's not creative, right? He's not this whatever, but the word of God works wherever you are. Amen. Sometimes the enemy tries to make us think and feel that we're alone or that we're isolated. But really, he's been saying the same thing to everybody, trying to lie, trying to get us in bondage forever. But the word of God works wherever you are. And we saw that in a couple of women's conferences that we ministered in. The same messages that we speak here brought power and breakthrough and just transformation into their lives over there. The same insecurities, the same bondage, the same shame, the same guilt, the same traps of the enemy, but the word of God works everywhere. Can I get an amen? Amen. So... We're gonna build your faith this morning. And I, it's just interesting to me. Um, just, I, again, I wanna echo what my husband said to, all, to Eric and Aaron and our technology teams um, for getting the service up and running. But um, it's just amazing to me, just when you see something attacked so hard, then you know that the enemy doesn't want something to happen. And I know that this message needs to go out today. So uh, would you just open your heart to receive from it? The word of God is powerful. um, But there's been, I feel like many of us, Christians especially, don't understand the power of the word of God. Or we've lost it or we've started to look at it as something that's just cerebral or a storybook or allowed it to collect dust or just something that we just kind of treat very casually. But in doing so, the enemy's made us very weak as believers. He's made us very weak as Christians and he's taken away the truth of the word of God, the very foundation that we're to build our lives upon And then we, A, don't know the truth, we don't know um, the power of the word of God, and so we become weak as Christians. We become less than what God's called us to be. And so the goal of today's message is A, to bring back to remembrance the value, the power of the Word of God, and where, the place it should hold in our lives. And so if I can just help bring back faith, because it also affects the way that we come to church and the way that we approach listening to messages and hearing the Word of God. If we understand that the Bible is living and active and it's powerful and it's able to transform our lives, then we're going to show up a little bit different than if it's just a casual Sunday. Can I get an amen? You can see the value that you place on something by the priority, right? How how hungry are you to get to church? How hungry are you to get home and read the Word of God? How much do you run to it? How eager are you? What what is it? Just something? No, oh, it's okay if I miss it, or it's okay if I'm distracted by my phone, or I've been or scrolling while the message is going, or if I kind of don't get my time in the Word today. It's okay if it's not the first thing I turn to, but it becomes something that's an afterthought or an add-on rather than the very foundation of who we are and how we live. But let me start with scripture, and I have a lot of scriptures today, and I'm not quite sure if they're all going to make it up on the screen because of all the technical difficulties we've had. So you're going to have to listen, and you can take notes. The notes at some point will be updated onto the app. We're aware they're not quite there just yet. Um, So today is just a day of grace and taking a lot of notes. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. But the beginning of that verse says the word of God is alive which tells me that the word of God is different than any other book that I read. Because any other book that I read is just pages on a piece of paper. But the word of God is alive, which means it's not just empty pages or a dead story. It's actually alive and it is powerful, right? Which means it has the power of God behind it. And it should be viewed as such. It should have, it allows us then to understand that we can put faith behind the word of God. Amen, the word of God is full of power and it's alive. Isaiah fifty-five eleven says this, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the, ra- the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Those last three lines, I send it out and it always produces fruit. Let that sink in for a minute because how many of us have read something and we just kind of think it's just empty words? The Word of God produces fruit. It will accomplish what God desires it to accomplish and it will prosper everywhere it goes. Matthew 8, 16 says this, and this is talking about Jesus. When evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Jesus just spoke a word, and the enemy had to flee, and people were healed. The word of God is alive, and it is powerful. It is powerful. It's not empty words. It's not something that's just religious. It is powerful to transform. I mean, just look throughout scripture, there's so many stories about the power of the word of God. In John chapter four, looking at verses 43 through 54, I won't read them for the sake of time, but there's a story of a soldier whose son was dying and he was desperate. And so he came to Jesus and said, would you please heal my son? And he's like, you just have to say the word and I know it'll be done. So Jesus said, go home, go. And what happened? His son was healed just by a word, one word. He didn't, Jesus didn't even go there. He didn't even have to lay hands on him. He didn't have to be his presence, didn't have to be there physically in body. He just said, go. And the boy was whole. One word, the word from God. That's powerful. There's another example, of the woman with the issue of blood, where he, Jesus was in a crowded area, crowds around him, and a woman reached up and touched the hem of his garment, which he was probably had lots of people around him touching him, right? And he, said, he stopped and he said, who touched me? And she said, I did, right? And she was healed, had an encounter with God, one word from God transformed her life. There's another, so many stories. Saul, on the road to Damascus, he was living one way, a pretty terrible way of living, right? He was walking totally in opposition to God, killing Christians angry all this stuff and then on the road to damascus he gets interrupted and jesus is like why are you persecuting me why are you doing this he had one encounter with god one word from god and what happened totally altered and transformed the course of his life that's powerful that can take one person who's walking one way totally walking away from god here's the word from god and they're transformed and set on a completely different path right following jesus i mean that's powerful Amen? Even one of my favorite Bible stories, Joshua, right? And the the Israelites getting ready to go in and conquer Jericho. And they see these walls, right, of Jericho that were almost impenetrable. And God says to Joshua, see, I've given you the city. Well, Joshua in the natural could look and see nothing had changed. But even one word from God opened Joshua's eyes to have vision to see what God was about to do. And then he had faith to follow that word and see God do a miraculous, miraculous thing and being obedient to God and seeing the walls come down and the Israelites taking the promised land. One word from God. The word that came to Moses in a burning bush, I mean, that's powerful. Moses comes, there's this bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And out of this bush, God speaks to Moses. Moses falls on the ground and he gets called to go be a deliverer to his people. Talk about a powerful word from God setting, changing the course of his life. Creation itself, looking at Genesis chapter one, how did God create the world? He spoke it into existence and the world became. Seven days of creation, it was just Him speaking His words and things were being created out of nothing. Talk about the power of God's word, creating something that wasn't there, something out of nothing. My friend, I don't know if you need a miracle of something out of nothing, but you, have, you serve a God who did that from the very beginning. He's in the miracle working business and so it's not impossible for God. He can take, make something out of nothing that ever even existed. Don't put limits on God. I'm talking about the power of one word from God. The power of his word, creation. I mean, even the great commission, when as Jesus ascended into heaven, he's telling his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right, we, we got that one word. What? Now there was something to back them up as they went and the gospel had spread. It began to spread throughout the world. Amen. Like the power of that one word, that one direction. And God backs up his word. John 1.1 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I'm going to open my Bible to that. John chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, you can open it there too. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to Everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And later it says that the word put on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus put on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is, Jesus is God, and you can see the word of God in effect when you look at the life of Jesus. It's powerful. Why the word of God? Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light from my path. Matthew 22:29. 29, Jesus replied, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. The word is a lamp unto my feet. It's his truth. It's his guide. Amen. The word of God is power is powerful. The word of God is forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8, the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our God stands forever. The word of God stands forever. It doesn't have a time limit. It's not going to expire. The word of God is forever. The word of God brings growth. 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 through 17 say this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's one of my favorites. I'm gonna read it one more time. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word of God brings growth. The word of God is truth, John 17, 14 through 19 says this, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying. But to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. And and I give myself as a holy sacrifice Sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Our world is really, really missing an area of truth. There's so many opportunity not opportunities, but there's so many different beliefs out there with the common belief of that you can, whatever is truth to you is your truth, is okay for you in this season. But the truth of the word of God, there is there is an absolute truth my friends, and it is the word of God, and the word of God is truth. And so it gives us a great guide and it is our alignment on how to walk and how to live because there is an absolute truth. I feel like that's just something that our world, we like to say, well, you know, I like a little bit of this and I like a little bit of that, but not all of it, but there is an absolute truth. I'm going to go to this illustration over here. The Word is our foundation. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who puts his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words in mind and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So I have an illustration. How many of you like blocks? Do you remember, did you ever play with like building blocks growing up? You lie. Did you play with building blocks growing up? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Okay. So uh, it's kind of fun. So actually, uh, our, all of our kids are like grown now. So I had to actually buy blocks because I used to have so many of them. It was kind of, but now they're all teenagers. So for some reason, these don't live in our house anymore. Um, so here we go. Let's see if we can build a little house. I'm building my house. Look at this. I'm building my house. So things that go into a house. House is just an illustration, you know, for our lives, right? Like, in, you know, the, this, that scripture is talking about who builds his house on the sand or on the rock. You've heard the illustration about shore foundations, all that stuff. So what goes into building our house? Well, you know, the things that we believe, our values. Uh-oh, that's not going to work. I don't have enough of those. Okay, leave well, to use these. Okay. We can't have it fall in the illustration. That just wouldn't be good. Um... So, you know, like, uh, what, so what builds your house? So, like, your values and your beliefs, you know, maybe your beliefs about relationships or how families should function. Um, your finances can be in there, how you think you should run your finances, you know, what's important to you. So here's here's your little house. Can you? It's kind of sideways. But if I turn it, it's going to fall. Ready? Oh, man, not turning it. You can just imagine it. It's sideways. Here's your little house. So... Many of us, you know, we, we go, about, go through our life and we're building our house, we've got our, our foundation here. And we have our values, we have our family, our relationships, our entertainment, the things that are important to us, all of this builds our life. And a lot of times, even as Christians, as we go through life, we, we maybe give our lives to the Lord, which is awesome, but you know, we've got our life doing good here, but then we take, we encounter God, and we start to learn a little bit about Jesus and learn a little bit about Christianity and we start to read his word and we get into the word of God and we're like, oh, I like that part. This is actually really good, you know, but so I'm gonna just take this part out of the Bible here and I'm gonna take what this says and I'm just gonna see if I can just get this, this part here is gonna fit right there. I'm just gonna add it to my life. This one, um, I like a little bit about it. I like that I can bring God into my relationships, um, but I still wanna keep some parts about um, Um, maybe my sexuality, but I still want to pray. I think that's a good idea if I pray with my um, person. But, um, you know, I I want... I want to do kind of what I want to do with my body. But then um, finances. So, yeah, I, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm going to hang on to this first here. So I like that. I'm going to add it here. But I made sure to exclude the part about tithing. So I left that in the Bible. I pulled that out. I'm just going to make that an add-on to my foundation over here. How's that? But then I've got this part of the scripture over here. And, oh, entertainment. I love bringing God. I love watching godly things. But there's some things that I've just grown up. There's some humor that... I just really like, it's funny. It's just part of my family upbringing. We've always laughed at that stuff. So I've got this part. I'm just going to try to add that in up here, this little part, and just make sure that it can go watch a couple Christian movies here and there and fulfill that part. We'll just add that in. But I made sure to rip out this part over here because I didn't like it. So I'm just adding God into parts of my foundation. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, bits and pieces, little bits, you know, parts that I want to just try to, oh, here's a bigger part. I like the salvation piece, so we're going to try to just get, add the salvation piece into my life, right? So doesn't this look ridiculous? Yeah, it looks absolutely ridiculous. But how many of us try to do this with our own lives? We go through life and we're like, we've got our foundation set, we've got our way in life of doing things, and we just decide that we're going to take the word of God and rip bits and pieces out and try to just add it into what's currently existing. And we just, we just add it into what we already do in our, in our life, but that's not really what being transformed or building our life on the foundation of the Word of God looks like. And when we're being transformed and building our life on the foundation of the Word of God, it means we take, well, not even, I'm not even gonna use a page because I ripped that out of something. But it's taking the Word of God right here. Don't mind that, okay. Look at that, oh look. This is how I do my relationships. Well now, rather than adding God into it, I'm gonna start on the premise, listen, that I'm God, you know, i gonna be a believer, which means I'm gonna come into relationship with another believer, which means every part of that relationship is gonna be submitted to Christ. So yes, what we do for entertainment, even sexuality, I'm gonna do things God's way. So now I'm gonna build on the word of God. Well now, even my finances, I'm not gonna to try to add God in and take a promise here or there about God supplying all my needs, I'm gonna make sure that I build my finances around what the word of God says. So I'm going to start with understanding, okay, God's principles and tithing, he gets the first and best, right? And so I'm going to ask God what he wants me to do. Are there people, is there missions he wants me to sow into? So I'm going to build my foundation on the word about God. I'm not just going to try to add bits and pieces in, right? So even my values and entertainment, right? I'm going to make sure that all of it's submitted to God. Why? Not because God's trying to keep, me from having fun or being able to laugh at certain things that I've always grown up and thought are funny, but because the rest of the scripture, if I go back and read through it, it talks about guarding my soul and guarding my heart, because out of the heart comes you know, like, uh, the wellsprings of life, right? And, and and I know that what I put in is eventually going to come out, and so God knows that whatever I put in inside of me is either going to bring life or it's going to bring death, and so he must be protecting me so that I can continue to grow and be all that God's called me to be. So then I'm going to see all of that scripture and build my life on the foundation of it, not just try to add bits and pieces into my life. I'm going to make sure that my entertainment lines up with who God is, right, and everything that he wants. So the values in my home what we watch on television, all the different parts, all the different things that go on in my life. I'm going to learn now to build my life and to build my house on the Word of God. And so it's the very foundation of it. I'm not trying to add things into it and trying to keep my ways of doing things. I've completely surrendered and completely submitted my entire life to the Word of God, which is my foundation. And it's that's the foundation that that scripture is talking about, that it's going to be built built on the rock which when storms come when when life comes this is a strong believer right here this is a strong man or woman of god who submitted their entire life and ways of doing things to the lord they've built their house on the rock they're not trying to just get bits and pieces and add it in this is a this is a man or woman of god that is standing firm right to do all that god's called them to do so when life happens and the storms come they're built on the rock. Amen? There's a difference. It's a mindset shift. See, we started the service today talking about the power of the Word of God. And it's building faith again that the Word of God is living and active. And it comes into your life and it can transform you. But at the same time, because we've lost our respect, our awe, maybe our reverence for the Word of God, then we've not allowed it to have full effect in our lives because we try to just add it in in different parts and pieces. But when you understand the power of the Word of God, right, the transformational effect that it has on us, that it is living, it is active. It is the very word of God going into your life. How would you not want to start your life like this? To build every piece upon it, to go back. If you have to reconstruct parts of your life, well, that's part of being a child of God. That's part of about, of giving your life to God. It's surrendering everything to him. Every part of my life, goes back to being measured against what he says. Why? Well, why would I do it any other way? Why would I not want the living, active power of God in my life? And by submitting to his word and building upon it, I'm allowing it to be active and alive in my life. Because the word of God is living and active. But you you can keep it from working in your life. You can stop it from moving in your life. You can turn away from it and cause the effects of it just because you just turn your heart from God or if you rebel against it. Now, it's one thing to be on a journey with God and as you journey with God, you learn more and you grow. That's called uh, renewing your mind. That's called transformation. That's called just growing in your walk with God and he takes you step by step on the journey, but it's another to see it, and to make a choice, and to say, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want that, and to turn your back, and then we begin to just take bits and pieces of God's word that we want, but not the whole in its entirety, but then we live with the effects of what that causes in our lives. See, we know better, right? But then... Listen, I'm talking to us today. Like these messages aren't popular in churches right now. These aren't the things that are getting hundreds of millions of thousands of views on YouTube. But it's also, I believe, we were talking about earlier in the, mes- or early in the service today about getting back to the basics, even about the fact that Jesus loves us and reminding us of some of these things. But it's also why I believe the body of Christ is so weak is because nobody's looking at them and saying, listen, you build your life on the word of God. That's every part of your life. You, you surrender everything to him. It's the only way this thing works. You in control, it's not working. And we have a responsibility to make sure that at least this house grows into mature strong men and women of God who have a proper reverence and awe and fear of the Lord to know what the the, the word of God is our sure foundation. But when you stand, but then when you know that the word of God is your sure foundation and you understand that it is alive and active, then there is a power in that, my friend. Then you can stand on the word of God. You can believe in it that's what you put your faith in and your trust see there's a quote that I want to read you that just it hit me so strong this week faith does not work on presumptions but it works on facts if we don't know the facts of who God is and what he says in his word how can we have faith and trust in our God Why would we stand the test of time or even choose to build our life on who God is if we don't even know or reverence his word? See, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And that's us. And that as a believer and as a Christian, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, how do we walk by faith? How do you have faith in a God that you know nothing about? You don't know what he says. You don't know what he tells us to do. The only way to do that is to get into the word of God. Is to make sure that you're studying and understanding what he says. And so that you can have faith and trust in God. Otherwise, it's just hearsay. Otherwise, it's just assumption about what you think this God is. Otherwise, it's just maybe what you saw a little bit here on TikTok. Or a little bit there on TikTok. My friend, are you going to let that determine your walk with God? You are stronger than that. You're created to do way more. See, I wanna build every part of my life. I wanna know what God says, not just about how to live my life, because I also believe that this house, in that scripture, when the storms and waves come, somebody who's built their life on the Word of God, yes, they've built their life on the Word of God. They've brought areas into alignment but they've also built it on the word of God to understand what is promised us in God's word. So when storms come, they can, you can stand on the promises. See, if you don't get into the word of God, how do you know that the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed? And that healing is the children's bread. So when your body or a loved one's body gets attacked physically... If you're not in the Word of God and you haven't built your life on the Word of God, how do you know? How do you have faith to trust and stand on the promise of God and to say no and push back and not just accept everything that comes and say, no, 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 guys, there's a devil out there. And the devil would love nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy. That's in the Word too, that he goes about trying to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. Well, if you don't read the word, you don't know that there is an enemy out there trying to do that. Well, if he's doing that, how does he do that? Well, one of the things he does is he steals healing. He steals physical health. He steals mental health. He steals from us in provision. He steals from us in relationships. He steals in distractions. But if you don't read the word, how do you know, A, that there's an enemy, but that you, you can do something about it? that you can push back, that you can stand on the Word of God, building your life firm on that foundation. I mean, that's powerful. And that's how the enemy, like, kidding us not to understand what's in the Word of God gets us distracted and then gets us weak and then just accepting everything that comes in our lives. That's powerful. <clears throat> the word is your defense and weapon. Ephesians 6:13 through 17 says this. Therefore, and you've heard this, put on, I'm going to scoot back. I heard that <laughs> in the monitors. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Well, then listen to what some of the armor is. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Well, let's listen. How do we do it? Put on the belt of truth. Well, didn't we just read scripture that the word of God is truth? So how do you know what the truth is if you don't know what the word of God says? You've got to get into the word of God to know what truth is so that you can put on the belt of truth, right? And the body armor of God's righteousness. Well, how do you even know about being that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you're not in the word of God? So that when the enemy comes to try to tell you that you're less than, that you're not in right standing with God, he tries to condemn you and bring you in shame. How do you know that you are the God because of Jesus, not because of anything we did, but because of Jesus, he's made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How do you know to stand up to the lies of the enemy if you're not in his word? But then the cool part is is when when those lies come, the power of the word of God, you use the word of God to stand on it and say, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus, And I will not accept that lie. And you tell the enemy to flee and he has to flee. It's the power of the word of God. (laughs) For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. So you'd be fully prepared. The Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding, meaning it doesn't make sense. Well, that comes from the good news of the gospel, which is in the word of God. And if I'm not in the word of God, how do I even know that I'm promised peace in the middle of storms, in the middle of situations, in the middle of hospital rooms when bad news has been given. I can stand there and have peace. I remember so many times even in the hospital rooms with Isaiah and even when I was on bed rest with the twins, which I was in the hospital on bed rest There many times and by the grace of God, Like my doctor came in because I was in the hospital for quite some time trying to make sure we didn't go into preterm labor because they just wanted to come early (laughs) but way too early and I was on all the highest doses of all the different medications and my doctor came in and he's like, are you good? Do you need anything? You should be depressed. You should be all these things. But by the grace of God, I wasn't. I had peace that didn't make sense to even my doctor's. Not because of anything that I did, but because I understood the word of God. And I was feasting on the word of God in that season. We had the word of God going in the hotel room. Even when I was on bed rest at home. I was so upset at the enemy that I had to be on bed rest. Because if you know anything about me, I do not like to be still and just at home. So this was not easy for me to just lay still at home. So what did I do? I literally got, because there were CDs back then... um, So, you know, I know it's kind of ancient and vintage nowadays, but I just sat and listened to message after message after message after message in my house, and I got into the Word of God. I didn't turn on the TV. I I feasted on the Word of God. I got hungry for the Word of God because I knew, I I literally, and I said, if the devil's going to do this, I'm going to make him pay. So I just filled myself up with the word of God, with the word of God, with the word of God, which means I shut off. I I did shut off the television and was I perfect in it? No, did I still worry and get frustrated? Yes, did I have my moments? Of course, but I chose in those moments to feast on the word of God, I began to crave it. And do you know that you begin to crave what you eat? Do you know that? That's true physically too. So if you eat a lot of junk food and you want to change your craving, just understand the more junk food you eat, the more your body will crave it. So in order to change that, you have to do a cut off and begin to feed your, feed your physical body healthy foods and it will start to crave the healthy foods. Well, the same spiritually. The more that you consume the Word of God, you don't satisfy a hunger. It begins to open up a craving for the Word of God. And your spirit craves reading the Bible and learning about it and just being hungry for what it says and to fill you up. Amen? All right. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Well... We talked about that the just shall live by faith, but you have to have faith in something. What do you have faith in? In God. But how do you know what to have faith in and who he is if you don't get into the word of God? So to hold up that shield of faith, it's your trust in, it's your reliance on the word of God. And put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God you hold up the word of God, you begin to use the word of God, you begin to pray and declare the word of God. It is alive, it is living, it is powerful. It is not empty words that you're declaring in your hospital room. It's not empty words that you're declaring in your house when your kids wake up from nightmares in the middle of the night, because that's real. And their family sitting in this room dealing with the exact same thing, where their kids wake up in the middle of the night being tormented. My friend, you have the ability to walk in there and to begin to declare that in the name of Jesus, we just speak peace, and any tormenting spirit has to go in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over this room. You stand and you use the word of God. When there's torment happening inside your mind, I have the mind of Christ. Great shall be the peace of all my children that's declared. its amount to my children. But I get to declare that, that verse too, that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind and you just begin to declare that and to speak it over your life and to speak God's word into the atmosphere and you will see the atmosphere shift, why? Because the word of God is alive, because the word of God is living, because it's powerful. It is not empty words, my friends. It's not vain repetition. Which means when we hear the word of God, our faith should get up there, get ready to receive the word of God because you know that it's powerful and it can transform us, right? God uses it to grow us, to transform us, right? To, 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 to bring healing, to bring freedom, to bring restoration. There's so many scriptures. I, I won't have time to read all of them. There's so much I could share today. But that means that our faith, when we hear the word of God, our posture should be different, Our posture to get into our Bible should be different. It should be one of expectation. God, what are you gonna say today? How are you gonna speak today? What are you gonna do today? Because even there are moments where the word of God goes from just being informational to all of a sudden, God, the Holy Spirit will sometimes breathe on it in your life and it becomes like this rhema word where it just becomes electric and you get a hold of it like Pastor Josue. He'd heard Jesus loved him so many times, but one day, that became a rhema to him. And he encountered God, the Holy Spirit will do that with you. You could have read the Bible cover to cover, but my friend, all of a sudden you hear another scripture and you could have heard it five million times, but the Holy Spirit touches that, becomes rhema to you, exactly what you need in that moment. What would change in our lives if we started to reverence the word of God? If we started to hunger for it, the Bible talks in so many scriptures. If you check my notes later this week, you'll see them in the notes. It has so many scriptures about how we're to approach the word of God, we're to crave it, we're to be hungry, even when you come to church. It's not just a sermon or a message. It's not just checking out the preacher if they're going to entertain me or be more eloquent because you know what? There's always going to be a better communicator. But it's, you're looking for the Word of God. You're looking for the Word of God. So it doesn't matter who's up here because you're looking for the Word of God. You're hungry for the Word of God. So if the Word of God's being preached, right? So if you're going somewhere and the Word of God's not being preached, then that's a different story. We don't have time to talk about today. But when you come, you're just, you're hungry. Your faith is there. You're expectant because you're going to hear from the word, from God, from his word today. Amen. How do we approach the word? We desire the word. I've hidden your word in my heart. 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Cry out. That's more than just a passive interest. Even Jesus, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, two things. One, he used the word of God to defeat the enemy. He used the word of God. And two, he even said, man should not live by bread alone, but from every word of God. So our very living, we crave the word of God. We need it for our foundation, for our life. Acts 17 11, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. They were hungry for the word. 1 Thessalonians 2:13. therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is, and this word continues to work in you who believe. There's just a difference. Granted, I know that that's a touchy subject in a lot of churches nowadays because humans have been preaching on pulpits and they've messed things up because there's no perfect person. But again, how are we hungry for the word of God and approaching it and looking for the word of God? The Holy Spirit can speak. Amen and get you exactly what you need. God is so good. A couple more scriptures and then we'll close. His word is faithful. Jeremiah 1.12 says this, The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. God is watching over his word to fulfill it. Proverbs 35-6, Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to all who come to him for protection. Every word of God proves true. He's watching over it to fulfill it. How awesome is that? I love that. The word will set you free. John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We've talked about that. Amen. God is so good. I love that. So now, Psalm 119, 161. Powerful people harass me without cause, but my heart trembles only at your word. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. I hate and abhor all falsehood, but I love your instructions. I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations are just. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Amen? Amen. Actually, there is one more scripture. See, I told you there's so much scripture today, but I have to take my my blocks down to do it. It's my favorite scripture. I wasn't going to share it, but as I close, I'm going to share it. It's much better than just throwing it all on the ground. It's in Jeremiah. There's a blessing. Isaiah, Jeremiah. I didn't mark this ahead of time. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. There's a blessing that comes for those who trust the Lord. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to start with verses 7 and 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. I love that verse because it talks about having faith in God. Blessed are those who trust, or you could say have faith in the Lord, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. What an awesome blessing and I love to attach that. That's what a mature believer looks like. They are tree, they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. They're not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green even in seasons of drought, right? And they never stop producing fruit. What an incredible promise. And I liken it to somebody who trusts and has faith in God. And how do you trust and have faith in God? By understanding his word, by enjoying, like having a hunger and a passion and a desire to fill your heart and your spirit with the word of God. And that then you become like that house, right? a form foundation. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And you say Pastor Maria, how do you start? Okay, great. You ignited my heart to have a desire for the word of God again. There's so many ways to start, but obviously just going home, opening your Bible, you can start reading in the book of John. There's great Bible apps, get into an Equips class, maybe even begin to change how you come to church, your heart open, ready to receive but just bringing the word of God back to first place in our lives again. Amen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful opportunity that we have this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the power of the transformative word of God. That this is living, it is active, God. And that you, God, you've given us your word. You haven't withheld it. But God, you've given us your word. And so, Lord, we open our hearts to it, God. And if we've made it a thing that we just don't pay attention to or that we just pay very little priority on, or we've maybe tried to add it into different parts of our life, God, if we've made it that, God, then we repent of that right now. We ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, we choose to come back and make the word of God that sure foundation in our life that we stand upon. God, I thank you that this church is not a church that devalues the word of God, but that we have believers and we have Christians. God, we raise men and women of God inside of this house to be strong in the Lord, to understand what the Bible says. God, to have a... a, a passion for reading, God, and for understanding your word and building their life on the sure foundation of your word. Lord, I thank you that that is the foundation of our lives and the foundation of this house. And so, Father, we thank you that that is who we are, God. And as as we leave this morning, God, I pray for a passion. I pray for a hunger. I pray for a desire, Lord, to understand and to know you and to know your word we love you father and we thank you and we receive that in Jesus name now before anybody leaves this morning we always want to make sure that we give everybody an opportunity to give their lives to the Lord so if you are here in this place and maybe you have never given your life to the Lord or maybe at one point you did and you've walked away Right where you are in just a second, with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to ask you to raise your hand. And we want to pray with you just where you are and even at home or wherever you're watching. We don't want you to leave here without giving your life to the Lord. The Bible said that all of us have sinned and walked, fallen away from the Lord, walked away. Then we all need a Savior, Jesus Christ, who paid for our sins. Amen. So that we can have right relationship with him. God is so good. So if that's you this morning and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you walked with him but you had it's time to come back into relationship with him, on the count of three we're going to ask you just to go ahead and raise your hand and we'll pray with you right where you're at. One, two, three. If that's you, go ahead and put your hand up. There's a hand there. Praise God. I'm looking around. I don't want to miss anybody. Thank you, Jesus. You can keep your hand up. There's another hand over there. We see that. Amen. I'm looking. I don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. There's a hand in the back. That's three. Praise the Lord. Give you a second. All right, church. For those three that raised their hand that I saw and for anybody else who didn't, just pray with me so they know they're not alone. It's not about a magic prayer, but it's just your heart being postured to surrender your life to Jesus. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I know that I've sinned and walked away from you. I ask you to forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening.